just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The city council just approved the plan for a brand spanking new, super souped-up regional park on the west side. It's the site of the defunct Raging Waters Water Park in Glendale. And this thing is going to be slick. Swimming, a dog park, you name it. So, how hyped is the neighborhood? It's Wednesday, March 29th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Alex El Cabrera, you're the Salt Lake Tribune reporter covering the west side of our city. For anyone who's new to Salt Lake, can you break down the city's east side, west side tension? Yes. So the west side is this underserved area from Salt Lake City. So um, we have I-15 and I-80 dividing the city in two. And mm. this has not only be a symbol because like you go to the west side, you see last trees, for example. And... Um, you see a treatment that's different from what you see currently on the east side. So there is always this tension of why the west side becomes an afterthought sometimes for the city. And mm. that is the reason of my whole beat. Yeah. Well, say more about that. Like, what are some of the specific recent projects that have popped up at the west side that have sort of proved this point? It all started with redlining policies. Mm. So we're still living the legacy of it. And we see a lot of industries, refineries there. And um, also the West Side happens to be the area where most people of color live in the city. And it just, it's not a coincidence that the West Side is one of these places where people really need to ask for equal treatment. Yeah, and it's also like the way that's manifested right now is that it's the part of our city that is experiencing rapid gentrification. For sure, yes. <laughs> Single family homes coming down in favor of apartments, people being displaced. Most recently, the proposal to expand I-15, potentially pushing into the Rose Park neighborhood, displacing people. Like, yeah, it's it's an exhausting tension, I think. Yeah, and you feel that a lot with people on the west side sometimes it's like should we even speak up about these problems because it, it they just keep happening yeah well now another big change is coming to the west side specifically the glendale neighborhood and that is that the former raging waters water park is undergoing a massive overhaul the park was sort of like defunct um and it's going to become the shiny new glendale regional park can you tell me about how this park is going to look and feel? Yes. So it's 17 acres, like previous raging waters, and yeah. people are pretty excited about it. It's going to be, it's a very ambitious project. And um, like as many big projects in the city is going to come in phases. So we're not going to see the whole construction of everything next year. But next year we'll see 
um, the beginning of it. So we'll see anything from a big pool, which is the number one priority on the West Side community, yeah. according to the engagement process. We'll see uh, pickable courts, a basketball court, lawns, so like people can gather in it, have like host yeah. festivals. Um, skating mm-hmm. ribbon Picnic. yes there are many plans for this and this park is also centered and focused a lot in, in its programming so we would see a lot of programming in the, all these amenities so for example if there's a basketball court we'll see leagues and we'll see classes and we'll see like a playground with uh, for all skills so um, we'll mm. also have classes for these kinds of things so the city has very big plans for this area. <laughs> yeah. And I I mean, I have to imagine this is not just a park that people who live in the neighborhood are going to use. This is going to be a park that people travel from all over, potentially the county to use because it sits up against the Jordan River. So there's like boat launches. There's going to be a dog park. Like this feels like, I don't know, I would drive from like West Jordan to come to this park and hang out. This doesn't feel like a neighborhood park. Yeah, and that is the aim. That's what the city wants. Well, how's it being received by the neighborhood? So um, most people I've spoken with from the West Side have been, like, they were very supportive of this bond that was approved last November that funded a lot of parks and green spaces in around the city. They got 27 millions from this bond and people were supportive of it. And if you talk with people around the neighborhood, you can see how people are excited about it. This was mm-hmm. a site that was abandoned for a long time. So going from this site that it had been vandalized for years to a great park that people can use, people are just very excited about it overall. Yeah. Well, you did a story for the Salt Lake Tribune where you raised some of the concerns of residents of the neighborhood regarding the impact of this park. And one of the things I thought was really interesting about it is that it seemed like there was a difference in how renters versus homeowners feel about the arrival of this park in the neighborhood. What is that difference? Yes. So when projects this ambitious come into a neighborhood that is uh, historically underserved and is very near to downtown, which Glendale is, um, this tends to come with gentrification. So, um, for example, in this piece that I wrote, I spoke with somebody who's a homeowner and he told me, you know what? Like, I'm tired of being the poor neighborhood. I want this to change. I want I want us to have nice things, which is a sentiment that mm-hmm. I feel like the West Side shares. But at the same time, well, this homeowner, he was very happy that maybe the the home prices could increase. But mm. I don't think that that is a sentiment that renters on the West Side share. Yeah. In your story, you brought up this idea of green gentrification. Can you define that? So uh, green gentrification is when there is a significant investment in a green space. And this usually happens in underserved um, neighborhoods and neighborhoods of color where you have this big investment in a green space and then that prompts the area to see a rise in value in properties. So that means sometimes that some of these communities of color who have made this neighborhood great, uh, they sometimes have to leave their neighborhoods. They, it brings displacement. It sounds like based on the history of the neighborhood, people kind of have every reason to be anxious about that because 
it's been determined that the land is valuable and people have been evicted from their homes in favor of development. Yeah. And if you see other regional parks around the city, like Liverdoo Park and Sugar House Park, you see how valuable the land is around these areas and how mm -hmm. any realtor will say like, oh, you're a five minute walk from Sugar House Park. That is totally. a big selling point. So maybe mm -hmm. this will happen with this one. Even the very fact that like taking Liberty Park as an example, people who live in the Liberty Park neighborhood distinguish themselves from people who live in Liberty Wells, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is basically the name for the neighborhood that's just like a little too far from the park to be part of the park neighborhood. And realtors have really run with that. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. One of the questions I have for you, based on the studying that you did for this piece is, are there measures that could be taken to mitigate the park's impact in this way? Yes. So it's something that the city is considering as of now, and it's just increasing density and also sort of like controlling the land that we have. So, for example, if the city has an opportunity to buy the land that is around this area and control the kinds of developments that are coming there and mm. being able to offer affordable housing, that would help a lot because people are going to come to the area regardless of what happens. So mm -hmm. if we have options for people who have been underserved and can be in danger of displacement, 
that'd be great. So the city is considering a small area plan for the Glendale area and incorporating, like, not everything is going to be high density. It's That's not right. what they're saying. But, like, there are plans for maybe for big buildings with townhomes in some areas. So, like, incorporating this mix into the neighborhood so there's more offer and people have options. Yeah. Do you think that people who live in Glendale are inclined to trust the city with their future in that way? Because there's a lot of tension between the city and its relationship with developers on that side of town. If I lived in Glendale, I'm not sure I would be like, yeah, the city's got my back on this one. They're making a plan. <laughs> and I mean, it'd be fair, you know, like the distrust that some West Side neighborhoods have in government is very like it's very palpable you you see it all the time and for example there were a lot of tensions in Glendale when there was this market called Tejeda Market which was mm -hmm. in the Glendale neighborhood and people could walk there it was a beloved market so the yeah. owner decided to sell and make townhomes and people were just upset about that so it just speaks to how people react to development and how things change. Now, this Glendale Neighborhood Park is going to be a big change for, for the neighborhood. Yeah. I remember the Tejeda Market story, and one of the things that was also upsetting about it is that the neighborhood's a food desert, right? Glendale is one of, I think, a handful of food deserts in Salt Lake County. And so people were like, well, now the grocery store is gone. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was a big loss. Yeah. I mean, you bring up this idea of change and, you know, for example, the city council members that rep the West Side, they're very enthusiastic about this park. They have said they want it to become the crown jewel of the West Side. The comparisons with Liberty Park have already been made. Um, and I've heard it called good change, like this idea that this is good change. This isn't bad change. This isn't townhomes. This is a good thing. And I'm curious about your take as someone who's on the gentrification beat. Is there a difference between good and bad change? I don't know. It's it's a tough one. And I do think that there's good change. And there, hmm. I mean, it is tough. It's tough because, first of all, obviously, um, the West Side wants more, like a more equitable treatment from the city. They want to see their areas thrive and they want to live in a nice, nice area. Like who wouldn't like you want to live in a dignified area. However, the threat of displacement is really real and mm -hmm. it's just a balance and it's just a multidimensional issue that yeah. I think there is good change, obviously, but also we have to plan ahead. So people who made this neighborhood great doesn't have to go somewhere else. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the question I would be asking is like, is this park for me or is this park for future residents? <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair question. That is a fair question. And I hope it is for current residents because they do deserve it and they've been waiting for something like this for, for a long time. Well, I want to ask you, zooming out a little bit, we love having reporters on this show because... I think filing a story like this is such an interesting thing. And I'm curious, I mean, you wrote this piece that really explored, you know, green gentrification and this this sort of tension between good and bad change and how dynamic this issue is, as you said. 
How was your story received? Like, what kind of feedback have you heard since it went live? <laughs> that was interesting. Um, some people did understand the point of the story, but some people also saw it as like just a bad angle of something good that's coming to the neighborhood. That's not mm. necessarily the point of the story. It's just with change, like whenever a big change is coming to your neighborhood, we want to see how that's going to affect the neighborhood and the residents. So if there is an opportunity to sort of see like how can we plan ahead so this doesn't happen um that is something that i would like to see personally as a as a journalist so there have been mixed reviews on that story <laughs> in short is it people in the neighborhood that are like come on guys this is a good thing or is it people outside of the neighborhood that are like come on guys this is a good thing or is it both <laughs> okay i think is both people in the neighborhood and people outside of the neighborhood. So, um, you know, we live in Salt Lake City. We live in Utah. People love green spaces. They love going to the outdoors. And people just are very excited. They really don't want to hear right. people saying anything negative about something that's good because it's like, objectively, it is a good thing that's coming to the West Side. So it's understandable. And I understand it <laughs> because mm -hmm. uh, being in this beat, um, I hear how exhausting it is for people on the West Side. So it's like, oh, now we have this I-15 expansion and now we have gentrification and displacement and what else is coming? Like now we have this good park right. and you're telling us that we can't get this place because of it. Like, what is this? So people rightfully so they don't want to hear it <laughs> yeah that's interesting so it's even people in the neighborhood that are like come on guys can't we just enjoy this yeah but some of them are also like there is a point it is a legitimate concern that we should be thinking about well what's next for the park i mean how soon can folks expect to be pickleballing or skating or swimming at this site <laughs> so the park's construction starts this summer and we'll see phase one open by April 2024. So um, the first phase will include the basketball court, a lawn, the playground, and also an open space for the Jordan River. So yeah. we'll see that before. And then next phases, we don't really have a timeline for those. But maybe in the second phase, we'll be pickleballing. Who knows? Alex El Cabrera, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And for your good reporting. Thank you, Ali. Salt Lake City is planning on yet another new park. This one will be a three-block linear park on Folsom Avenue, near South Temple, just west of I-15. It's going to be a piece of the larger Folsom Trail, which aims to connect the Jordan River Trail to the east side of the city. The park will also feature a huge mural, and Seven Canyons Trust has partnered with the city to hold a competition with a $15,000 reward to find the right artist. Westside groups like the Rose Park Brown Berets have pointed out that this is a Westside project, and it ought to be executed by a Westside artist. If that's you, you have until Friday, March 31st to get a proposal in. I put the link in the show notes. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Quick favor to ask, if you like this show, will you give us five stars on Spotify? Maybe even leave a nice quick review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. 
Thank you. It's a tiny step, I promise, super fast, but it makes a massive difference for us. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.